It's the most thing I've seen in 30 years. About 30, man. So I figure that the crossover is longer than your show today. All right. That's my idea of a great show. Love those canes, baby. How'd it go Wednesday? How did what go Wednesday? The dentist. Oh, the dentist. That's right. You weren't there yesterday. Uh, It was painless. I got a great dentist. He's fantastic. You know, even when they give you the... um, Anesthetic, and they give you that long needle, you know. Yeah. And usually it pinches. They they hold your uh, lip and they kind of shake it. Now he didn't do any of that, nor did I feel anything. There was no pain. And the only thing is, I had my head. I was laying in the prone position for an hour and twenty minutes with my mouth jammed wide open. They put that the red rubber ball in your mouth, like the one that Joyce has got stuck in her mouth during those S and M sessions. Oh. And uh, oh. that's the only thing you keep thinking to yourself: this will end sometime, won't it? You know. But the guy did a phenomenal job, man. And then I found out afterward, because he, he's got, like, the first part is the drilling with, like, the, the, the small drill, you know? And then they get out the pneumatic drill, and they're, like, and your whole head is, like, vibrating. And then I realized they stick pins in there. You know, like, when, you, when a tooth is gone, they, they get rid of the shell of it, and they stick little pins. They stick them up into your gum, and, they, uh, and then they build a tooth around it. Did you know that? No. Oh, the stuff they can do now is amazing. All you people out there that are terrified of the dentist, don't be anymore. If you get a good dentist, it's painless now. There's no they, pain. My root canal guy, uh, no pain lane. Yeah. He's terrific. So. Is he kin to night train lane? No. How about Lois lane? No. Or Diane lane. Oh. I wish. So the uh, Marlins rights fees Barry writes about, your buddy Barry at the Herald, which uh, we hate very jackass like poison and the newspaper. Although, I, you know, Miguel sent me the... Um, thing that they did on me, that piece they did on my 30th anniversary. That was pretty nice. Thanks, Kevin Baxter, and thanks to the photographer lady. That was good. Yeah. That was really a nice piece for a change as opposed to the usual hatchet job. And sure, a lot nicer than your buddy Tom Jicka did, which was nothing. Just shined me, you know. That's okay, Tom. We understand what it's all about. Just a petty little putz. And your buddy Sarney, that old t- turd, he doesn't write anything. About it. Oh, uh, 760 in Palm Beach is going to be having Joe Girardi on. Uh, wow, whoop we do you know. Anyway, so Barry Jackass, I'm sure you read this about the uh, fire sale by the Marlins and about the QM asking for a rights fee reduction mm-hmm. that the Marlins have balked. We're paying three and a half million a year for the rights for the Marlins. Yeah, I thought it was three, but that's okay. It's well, Barry says three and a half, and he don't make mistakes, you know. Yeah. And General Manager Joe Bell declined to discuss the rights fees. He said it's too early to tell how the station's ad revenue will be affected. But my guess is there'll be some impact. He said if they put like a little league team out there. Meanwhile, there's seven, bad, and, there's seven one and one in exhibitions. No, that, that means a lot. I'll tell you one thing. About four seconds of hockey talk, the Panthers shocked the crap out of me, man. It was a great move, yep. a ballsy move. They put Thank out you. the Bucks to re-sign Ole Jokinen. I agree. The only problem is now they've got to have a team to play around him. You know? yeah. I mean, that, that would be good. But at least they, they've made a statement yeah, to people yeah, that they, they, they care. Now, if they'd stop lying about the attendance, you know, Wednesday night they kicked Ottawa's ass right there in the arena, which is unusual. Ottawa's damn good, but... Uh, there was nobody there. I watched parts of that on TV. I mean, nobody there. And they put down 15192 for the attendance of the paper yesterday. Come on. Get serious. Your buddy Alan Cohen, man, you know they say about figures lie or liars. He doesn't have anything to do with that. Huh? He doesn't bother with that stuff. Get out of here. He doesn't. Well, whoever the hell is doing it, you're not fooling anybody. I'm sure they're making a lot of money for those empty seats. Plus, of course, all those freebies they keep giving away. If you had any idea as a season ticket holder how many emails I keep getting from them and things in the mail, oh, if you just uh, will renew right now, we'll give you like 40 free tickets a game, and we'll give you like, uh, you know, a date with Enrique Iglesias, whatever you want. You know, come on. <laughs> go away. Wouldn't go to see that, that garbage if you paid me. Of course, my team really did uh, good yesterday. 
<laughs> nothing. They got old Luke Richardson, an old hack. They got rid of one old hack, and they got another one. They did nothing. Just amazing. See, when you have a franchise in the city that's going to fill the place every game, no matter what you do, and you have standing room only every game, it doesn't make any difference, and they can get away with that. So yep. the teachers' union here that owns the team, uh, all they care about is the bottom line. Everyone by the teachers' union up there? Yes, that's wow. correct. Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which also, of course, owns the Air Canada Must Center. Pay those owns teachers the, pretty and well. owns the Raptors, you know. Now, I don't think they pay them all that well. That's why we're always going on strike here. Yeah, had me a good day at Woodbine yesterday. I had a very funny experience. Yeah. There was a bitch. I hate to use that term, but she was there the day before. She, she's always there now. She wants up front uh, the Wheel of Fortune to tie up the first two machines, number one and number two. I'd like to do a number one and a number two right on her head. Anyway, so she's there going there yesterday, and uh, there she is. Got one and two. So I go down, and there's finally a machine open, number five. I, just, I put in 100 bucks just to me. Oh, no, I'm going to get off number one. I know you like this machine. You can have it. It's my favorite machine, Mon, because I'm a masochist like she is. And she's losing her ass on both machines, Mon. She's losing and losing. Oh, I put 800 in that one, and I put another 500 to give me any. Oh. And that's why she's giving it to me, because it's dead as a doornail, you know. So I sit down, I put a couple hundred bucks in, and that machine was as cold, man, as a block of ice. Nothing. Maybe a cherry, you know. Then I put the third hundred in, and boom, there's 400 on the line. Well, all of a sudden, this uh, very friendly, phony lady, oh, my God, do you see that? And she's talking to whoever's sitting to her right, which it kept changing. You know, people would come and go, and, and no matter who was sitting there, oh, look at how lucky he is. I got 400 three times on the line. I got three spins for 250, and every time I'd get something, she was having a nervous breakdown. Oh, my God, oh, you're so lucky, Mama. To make a long story short, I, I had a pretty good day. I won a few bucks, and uh, she left uh, before I did. Lost her ass, to which I say, oh, yeah. Right. Selfish, nasty, hateful bitch. Hate like, like, like you'll hit something, and, and there's these old people there, these old, like, uh, Russian women especially. And uh, if you hit something, you're sitting waiting to get paid a jackpot, like two grand or whatever. Oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. In the meantime, you've been losing, you know, pouring your ass through that place for months now. Oh, you're so lucky. And you just want to get up and punch them right in the mouth. Meanwhile, you remember the other day you were talking about the slots down here and when they're going to happen? And yeah, I thought July. What's here. going on with the uh, with the uh, Indian casino? The Indian powwows. How's yeah. Depot doing there, with that latest Indian deal? There was there was a there was a little chuckle there. There was a story the next day in the Sun Sentinel about it. I'm sure it was no coincidence. No, it was about uh, or maybe it was that day and I hadn't seen it yet, but it was about. Uh, how the Indians have applied, but there's a, they're, they're, I guess Broward County has been stalling, getting, or has, for some whatever reason, just hasn't gotten around to dealing with this, and that's what the, what is holding it oh, up. Dealing with what? What does Broward County have to do with the Indians? That's where they are. No, no, no. It's got nothing to do with it. The state, it's the state that regulates. I know, but, but, but Broward has to do something. I forget what it was. I don't remember all the details of the story. But, yeah. But they said that that's the hang-up right now for all oh. of it. Well, good. Because so. I hope the paramutuals beat him to the punch on this. Who the hell wants to give the Indians the money? Wouldn't you much rather give it to the paramutuals? They need it. They can't even sell those cancer sticks like the uh, Indians are doing. Very unfortunate. It's like everything else that happens in Florida. Not fast, not slow, just half-fast. Yep. Pathetic. So sure. I find out that the Canes were down 13 points at one point in the first half yesterday. Boy, it's a good thing I didn't know about that. <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm out there at Woodbine, and George was, or somebody there was supposed to email me with a score, so I would at least know, well, you know, whether I had to prepare to do a four-hour show today or just another hour and a half, and nobody uh, sent me the message. So, so you really need to get a BlackBerry. I know you're very anti-internet and all that stuff, but you'd love it. Being the plunger that you are, you can go online and get all the scores of every game. Oh, or... I can get the scores on my phone. Oh, on your phone, okay. Yeah. 
So that's what I did. I went on the Internet and I checked your favorite newspaper. I checked the Herald website, and there was the final score, 66 for Miami and Clemson 63. And I said, yeah, now we're talking. The only problem with these hour-and-a-half shows is, boy, you get you, you could get used to this real easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, hour-and-a-half. I think, I think that's about right. I had a couple you? of those following a late baseball game. Yeah. Don't you think that's the way it ought to be? Four hours, three hours, too long. Hour-and-a-half, man, could be dynamite every day. I like it. And then I looked at the schedule next week, and Wednesday at 12.50, it's another Marlin game. Oh, love those Canes and those Marlins. Please don't leave, Marlins. Please don't go. Please. Yeah, that story about... Them going to San Antonio or whatever. Yeah, I know. It's a joke. Well, but it's the same thing every time. It's always the same. And we go through all of these. Like I said yesterday, quit threatening to leave already. If you're going to leave, bye-bye. Have a great life. We'll pack you a couple of sub sandwiches. Get out of here already. I don't think there's a chance they can go there. No. First of all, three, all, all of a sudden, the price of a ballpark is $300 million. Not Not only that. But the voters aren't going to approve it in San Antonio. Or not only that, but that they're going to happen anymore. And they're going to insist on local partnership. And they're the 38th ranked market in the country. Like I said yesterday uh, about the Sky Dome, I was coming home from uh, Woodbine, and cab driver was telling me about the uh, the city. The I guess the city, the taxpayers paid the uh, bill on that in the first place. Like, yeah. I forget how many hundred millions it cost to build the Sky Dome, and then it turned into a white elephant. And they couldn't they couldn't give it away. So finally, Rogers Cable bought it for 20, I think it was 25 million dollars. Hmm. Well, so when you parlay something that the Taxpayers have spent hundreds of millions into a $25 million boondoggle, yeah. and then you name it the Rogers Center, I mean, as much as I appreciate it. Yeah. Why couldn't they just call it the Rogers Sky Dome? That's one of the best names of a building anywhere in the world, the Sky Dome, right? Yeah. Rogers Center, my ass. God. You know what? That's, uh, that's where it's at. The stadium in Washington that they're talking about, they budgeted at $600 million. Right. The one, I think I, that's what it cost to build a Sky Dome was $600 million. San Francisco, which was built five years ago with a ballpark there without a roof, Cost four hundred million. Yeah. So how can they build Without a stadium for three hundred million? They can't. And, and, like and Barry anyway because and, and, and the writer, of course, says, "Well, uh, they say real or uh, construction costs are less in Texas." Yeah. That much less? Sure. They bring in all the cheap help from across the border. In fact, Bush has built a special tunnel. You know how they keep showing all these tunnels they got? Yeah. They got a special tunnel in there to bring in all the illegal, the, the grape pickers from uh, Mexico. Well, it's time for you to go. And, uh, oh, it's been time for you to go a long time ago because it's almost time for the first. We don't have time to mess around today. What are you laughing about? You. You got the life today. I do have the life. Make no mistake about it. I, I, I would never deny that. Got to talk real fast today. Well, listen, have a great day. You too, and a good and weekend. A great weekend, and a happy Purim, and a happy St. Patty's Day. Best to you too. All of these things. All of these things. See you. <laughs> Top of the key again. Powell receives the pass. Fires no good. His jumper hit the front of the rim. Miami quickly ahead. Rob Hyde rising and a slam dunk with the left hand. A monster slam. A one-handed left-hand slam by Rob Heights. <laughs> Tonight on the Islamic Cartoon Network, it's Elmer Fundamentalist. Be very, very quiet. I'm issuing a fatwa. <laughs> now, you've seen Jay-Z perform on the Grammys with Paul McCartney. Yes, and now, the Hova comes out of retirement. Yeah, 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 yeah. To duet with all the legends. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Jay Z. Uh, 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 uh. You've never heard more.
beautiful to West indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jay-Z, duetting with the legend. Yeah, while it's hot, y'all. With all due respect to my good friend Steven Tyler, though, have you noticed that over the years he's looking more and more like a, a woman? Over the years? Yeah, more and more. I'm not saying he never did okay. in the first place, but more and more like a no, no, lady. I hadn't noticed it. Little lady with big loose lips. I just I noticed it. Uh, don't interrupt now. We don't have Sorry, a lot of time to potchkey around Talk today, back. man. We got to like uh, full steam ahead. Love those canes, man. Oh. oh God, they came through in fine form yesterday. They will get their ass kicked today by by the Humpers team, Duke. 11.30, we got the hurricane warm-up, and we got UM and Duke from the ACC tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina. Why do I always want to say South Carolina? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing could be finer than to stay out of Carolina. UM and Duke at noon, and so we'll be out here at 11.30, to which we say... All right. Hey, if you're starving for a really great meal at a really tiny price, John the Baker is the place for you. Two locations on Pines Boulevard in the Home Depot Center just west of Flamingo or the brand-new John the Baker at the Sterling Town Center, Sterling and Pine Island, and prestigious Cooper City. All kinds of fantastic Italian homemade goodies. Everything is fresh and delish. They give you big, fat portions at teeny-tiny prices. Sausage and peppers, chicken parmesan, baked ziti, lasagna, zillions of things to choose from. And don't forget John the Baker's world-famous garlic rolls, just juicy and dripping with garlic and as big as your head. And George and Josh had tried about everything on the menu, from that fantastic sloppy sausage sub to good old spaghetti and meatballs. And they uh, rave about them all, and you will too. And don't forget, some of the best pizza you've ever had as well. Bring the whole family or call ahead for takeout in Pembroke Pines. Call John the Baker at 954-431-4315. Or in Cooper City, it's 954-252-0091. Always, like I said, huge portions and always the best and freshest Italian food in town. It doesn't get no better than John the Baker. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Take off those checkered pants. That was great. Special. Mass graves of a lot of people. That's exactly what he specializes in. Doing a heck of a job, dummy. What college or university do you despise the most? That was our poll yesterday. We love hurricanes now. God, we love them. Yeah, we do. 1,588 votes. Notre Dame 364. Was there any doubt about it? No. Despise Notre Dame. Touchdown, Jesus, my ass. Bob Jones University 224. It's a good thing you came up with that. Yeah. 
Well, I would have had something to vote for then. University of Miami 202, they probably would have done better, but winning that game for us yesterday, they made people a little bit more Gentile toward them. Gators, UF, 172, Gator haters. So U of M did better than Gators or FSU, which was next with 125. I hate this poll, 117, always does well. None, 95, don't hate anybody. Well, boring. Oral Roberts, 73, Ohio State, 63, Liberty of Baptist College, 34, Jerry Foulball, Yale, 24, Michigan, 20, oh, Harvard, 18, Duke, 14, Texas, 13, USC, 11, Michigan State, only 7. What's not to like? UCLA, 6, and Penn State, only 6. I would have thought Penn State would have done better just because of Joe Pa and those crappy uniforms, Josh. Well, when you think? Yeah, I mean... Am I the only one that hates him like poison and thinks that he's just a cranky old man who's way out of control? I mean, I don't hate him, but he's definitely a cranky old man who's out of control. Well, you at least uh, dislike him a little bit. Anyway, how about that ports deal? Oh! All right, and George now has become a... Uh, I think you've, uh, you're involved in a new religion now. Right, Dobbsian. The Dobbsian religion, Lou That's Dobbs. Right. Uh, I turned you on to Lou Dobbs, and now George doesn't miss it every night. God forbid. See, so the thing is, you don't realize the transformation that took place on that yeah, I don't know him from anybody. A lightning bolt came from up above, and something turned this uh, formerly administration-looking jackass, who was just another toad on the TV, into like a uh, hellraiser. United yeah. Arab Emirates' own DP World said yesterday it would transfer its operations of American ports to a U.S. entity after congressional leaders reportedly told your president that the firm's takeover deal was essentially dead on Capitol Hill. D-O-D. D-O-A. Because of the strong relationship between the United Arab Emirates and the United States and to preserve that relationship, DP World will transfer fully the U.S. operations of P&O, or is that P-U, P&O Operations North America to a United States entity. Edward Bilkey, DP World's chief operating officer, said in a statement, the announcement didn't specify, though, which U.S. company would be involved. So before we get too excited, there are people like, uh, yeah, hold on a second. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> hey. Oh, that was special. Before we get too uh, carried away. But at least uh, some good was accomplished, finally. We want the era of the CCA deal stopped now. Howard Beale will be proud. Mm -hmm. And Josh is saying, Howard Beale, who's that? Here's today's poll, and we need a lot of help on this. Although, I don't know, maybe they don't have any. A TV show past or present that you love but would never admit to it. What do we got so far? Already 470 votes. That's kind of weak. Hee Haw 64. I hate this poll. will be number one, 47. I forgot about that. Had George at it this morning. Already is zooming up there. They hate everything. Everything, everybody. Yeah. This is South Florida effing way. <laughs> Batman 38. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Andy Griffith Show 36. Flipper 34. Well, I'd be ashamed to admit that, too. Even George was ashamed. That's what I voted for. But he watched it for different reasons than I did. Hey, Luke. Is that a fluke? Brady Bunch 33, any soap opera 28, like Guiding Light. Boy, have they screwed that thing up. Uh, the Real World 26, Gomer's Piles 26. You think Gomer has piles? Probably no. Partridge Family 19, Desperate Housewives 18. That's the one with Miguel on it. Yeah. Queer as Folk 13, Joe Millionaire 12, Party of Five Nine. Speaking of Speaking of gay, what the hell was that kid's name? Scott Wolf, was that it? You're asking me. Party of Five, that screamer. Dr. Phil, nine. Twin Peaks, eight. Ellen, eight. Oprah, seven. Dark Shadow, six. With Barnabas uh, Schwartz, whatever his name was. Remember that? No. Yeah, you do. You oh, admitted you watched the little I tried to watch that show, and it, uh, I didn't make it through one. Well, all I remember about it, his name was Barnabas. Are You Hot, six. That was a good show, and they took it off. I have no idea why. Lorenzo. So what's that got to do with it? He was using the laser, 
and that was a copy of what Howard was doing, and Howard was threatening to sue them, and the, uh, the network said, oh, it ain't worth it, uh, it doesn't have that good ratings anyway, and they just dropped it. But they had some pretty hot people on there. Yeah, they did. Well, I'm on it back. The Apprentice 6, The O'Reilly Factor 5, Road Rules 4, speaking of shows with some pretty hot people on it, and uh, making the band 4, and the Rita Crosby show only 4. Well, that's not because people are ashamed to admit it, that's because nobody would watch it, wouldn't you think? Right. That's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, let's have another lost co-ed. Uh, <laughs> I just don't even want to talk about it. 14495 for Abandoned Pet Rescue. That's a pretty weak total, if you ask me. Yesterday, we came up with 100 bucks at that phantom location, and we got two more ones for you today. Let's look at the schedule here. Curtis, 2 to 4, Mad Dog at Conine's uh, Grill, 4 to 7. Panther preview at 7 o'clock. Nice going there, re-signing Ole Jokinen, man. They finally did something that, uh, with some balls. Now you just need a few more guys, like 10. Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes, 7.30 tonight, and Eddie K after the hockey game. Any interest in that NHL draft? No. Uh, so 4 to 7 during the Mad Dog Show, Josh Cordes will be there at Conine's Grill, 5181 Sheridan Street in Hollywood, and he promises to raise for us at least 100 bucks. No? Well, well, I'm supposed yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, well why not? That's, That's not, I mean, if I would have said 500 or something, it would have been ridiculous. 100 bucks, you can do that. I hope so. In fact, hit Mandich up for a few bucks. He can afford it, believe me. And tomorrow from 3 to 5, even on a Saturday, little George has to work because he's got mouths to feed. Oh, yeah. Big ones. And he's got that, well, George at Dolphin Stadium for the Maroonie Auto 10 sale, 3 to 5. And, of course, the CDs and commemorative T-shirts, 20 bucks a piece to benefit abandoned pet rescue in Fort Lauderdale. And Miguel sent me a nice package yesterday. It wasn't the one I was hoping for, but it was okay. And uh, had the T-shirt in it and the CD and also that Herald article, like I told the Humper. That was a nice piece. Thanks, Kevin Baxter and the uh, photographer lady. I wish I knew her name, which I don't, but she, uh, she was very nice. So for once in my life, the Herald treats me with respect, you know? Although Ellie Brecker did a nice piece, too, on the uh, 25th, I believe. Remember that? Gold Ellie. Sure. Oi! Vazmir Brecker. WQAM, hello. Little House on the Prairie. WQAM, hello. NHL draft today? I beg your pardon? The NHL draft? Who the Panthers going to get in the 700th round? Well, right, stay tuned. You'll find out. Gildy will tell you. WQAM, hello. QAM. And that guy, that guy's making a joke about the NHL draft, which was yesterday, moron. But uh, the NFL draft is like a, it's, it's not a show on this station, or I'm sure across the street. It's like a disease. It's a mental illness. Right. It's, like it's a, a sickness. And we have to have Beano on there, and we have to have all the other mavens, the experts, prognosticating and uh, proliferating uh, the airwaves with their swill. And, uh, and that 10-year-old kid in Oklahoma, man, he's going to be a number one quarterback, and he's going to get drafted in the first round by, yeah, right. But uh, so you make fun all you want of the NHL draft, which was overkill here, like you wouldn't believe yesterday. I mean, just like a, like a disease. But in America, the disease is the NFL draft. It's a disease. Speaking of disease, it's in the supplemental. Twenty-six past ten at five sixty. WQM Beach Ford has gone mad. They don't have a disease, but it's madness in March all this month at Beach Ford. They just missed breaking their all-time record last month, so they're going to do it this month. And why not? What's not to like? Because right now, extended camp Ford 150s are as low as 249 bucks a month, with 995 bucks down. Let me start over again. Okay. What? Well, Nothing. you heard what I said. Yeah, I, I did. That. that was great. Beach Ford has gone mad. Well, that's what I'd like to do at times. It's madness in March all this month at Beach Ford. They just missed breaking the record last month, and they're going to break it this month. Right now, extended Camp Ford 150s. Let's see if I can do it again. Are as low as 249 bucks a month with 995 bucks down, plus fees with approved credit and a 39-month lease. First, Very I nice. didn't say bucks. Sorry. 
Madness in March at Beachport means you must be mad if you don't take advantage of rebates and discounts of up to ten grand on all new and used vehicles. If you're not in the market for a new car but know somebody who is, send their ass into Beachport. Because if they take delivery in March, Beachport will send you $200 in cash. And that money comes from the advertising budget. They won't jack up the price 200 bucks for your friend and screw him. Don't miss out on this one-year event. Beachport's Madness in March. Extended cab Ford 150 is low as 249 bucks a month. Discounts and rebates up to $10,000 and $200 in cash just for sending by a friend. Hurry in. Beach Ford is just two miles east of the Golden Glades on 163rd Street, West Dixie Highway. You'll love your Beach Ford experience. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Oh, my God. Were you drudge packing? Report posits that Chris Matthews has accepted hefty speaking fees from conservative groups. The unctuous Chris Matthews never trusts a guy that talks out of the side of his mouth with a speech defect on top of it. And loudly. A new report advanced to Raw Story yesterday suggests that Chris Matthews, the star of MSNBC's daily talk turd hardball, has accepted hefty speaking fees from an array of conservative trade associations. See, he tries so hard to like, present himself as a moderate, like uh, that fat-faced, uh, pasty Irishman Tim Russert mm-hmm. on Eat the Press. And the fact of him is that they both have been uh, bought and paid for by the right wing. Matthews has given speeches to at least ten major conservative trade associations since 2001. The report's author, Dave Johnson, who blogs at Seeing the Forest and is now a fellow at the Progressive Commonwealth Institute, could find no records indicating that Matthews had ever spoken before any Democratic-leading organizations. The report is not a product of the Commonweal Institute. Why is Matthews speaking at uh, so many events with the Republican Associated Trade Organization, Johnson asked. What is NBC policy on speaking engagements, and why does NBC keep it hidden? Are these trade associations paying Matthews to purchase influence? Matthews is listed as speaking bureau in order to command hefty fees. While it can't be proven whether Matthews has taken money from the groups, speaking fees are regular practice for large trade organizations who invite big-name media stars to speak to their memberships. Such fees typically run in the five-figure range and occasionally exceed $50,000 per engagement. And then uh, this story's on our website, and you can click on the link and share the whole report. And all these people that are buying and paying for a talk out of the side of his mouth, Chris Matthews, jackass. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how's the weather in Toronto towards the end of April? Because I'm going to be up that area. Uh, cloudy and murky. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes. QAM, Weather Central. Hello. QAM. Yeah, this is Jeff in Miami. I speak to Neil. Okay. Thank Let's you. go to Jeff in Miami. Hello. Hello, this is Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Yes, it is. What do you got? Hey, I just want to speak to him real quick about the uh, the fork deal. About what? About the fork deal that went to the tr- that went in the trash can. WQAM. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. 
funny you missed that, missed that show. I'm too hot. I was on a runner-up on that show. Very hot. Yeah. WQAM, that's why it's off the air. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Okay. I wanted to thank you for your recommendation of American History X. I watched that last night. Excellent. That's a really good movie. Yeah, Excellent. Ed Norton, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Take care. Five, six, seven. I guess nobody's going to add to this polls, and if that's no. the case, it's uh, fine with me because I got uh, we only got like fifty-five minutes. That's right. A TV show past or present that you love but would never admit it. I guess they just don't want to admit it. Somebody might recognize their voice. WQAM. Hello. Can I sniff your parts, Neil? WQAM. Hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. Goodbye, Dubai. Uh huh. WQAM. Hello. Mighty Gong. WQAM. Hello. Hey, you know, how about the old Golden Girls? Instead of Sal Getty, she was a riot, man. Okay, Golden Girls, that's a good one. Who the hell would watch that? Only some old gay toad, wouldn't you think? Indeed. The olden toad. Like so there you Matt go. We Lott. took about 20, and there was one. He actually had a suggestion. See, that's not bad. There's a little lesson for you on how to do this. Take about 6,000 calls, and you'll get, I would say, about 30, man. Yeah, that actually makes some sense. And then the other ones are very amusing and entertaining, they think. <laughs> Underline that part. They think. Oh, yeah, you're a real a patter. <laughs> WQAM, hello. It's always hello? as good as Sid Rosenstein calling up uh, Ronnie Bennington. Yes, sir. How about the Waltons? I can't say I loved it, but I liked watching that show. For what? What did you like, John Boy? The, Wal the Waltons. I, no, I don't know. Just, just the whole... Uh, the whole ambiance, yeah. It was real, real Hamish, as the uh, Goyams say, Hamish. Okay, the Waltons is good. We'll put it you on. think John Boy ever got that thing? Richard Thomas, wasn't that his name? That's right. No, it's still there, and it's getting bigger every day. got that big mole. It's the size of a, a baseball it's now. It's got its own zip code now. WQ, its own yeah, zip? It's on the prairie. Yeah, huh. He, need, he needs to be shot. I want you to take care mm -hmm. of this over the weekend. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. How are you doing today? Okay. Hey, do you still have that beautiful Samsung uh, DLP-HD TV? Yes, I do. What's, the, what's your uh, service that you're using, your HD service? I beg your pardon? What, which is your HD service you're using? Are you using DirecTV, or what are you using? It, it comes from my cable, uh, my digital cable. Oh, you got, like, Comcast or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Oh, uh, how many channels you got? About 50. HD, 50? No, no, but I think 25. About 25. About, about 30, I think. About 30, man. Somebody to talk about Clueless. WQAM, hello. Hey, get that van down to Homestead now. I guess he doesn't uh, have Roger's digital cable like I do, so he's missing out. WQAM, hello. Joe Benel? Yes, sir. Uh, Time Tunnel. Great show. The Time Tunnel? Mm -hmm. With James Darren? There you go. Okay, thanks. Remember that show? That was 100 sure. years ago, but this guy must be old, like me. Why is that embarrassing? That was a good show. Well, I mean, cheesy, but... What was good about it? Yeah, no, it was good, it was good because it was cheesy. It was That's camp. Right. Let's right. all go to camp. I know somebody would like to send us all to camp. Relatively early in my presence. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of Bozo, Bush's approval ratings fall to a new low. Oh. Just when you can't think that they, that when you think they can't get no lower, how low can they go? More and more people, especially Republicans, disapprove of uh, Bushmeister's performance, question his character, and no longer consider him a strong leader against terrorism, according to the brand new AP Ipsos poll documenting one of the bleakest points of his own presidency. That get a weapon of mass destruction. Oh, he sure is. Nearly four out of five Americans, including 70% of Republicans, believe civil war will break out in Iraq if it hasn't already. The bloody hotspot upon which Bush has staked his presidency. Nearly 70% of all people in the U.S. Uh, say the U.S. is on the wrong track. A six-point jump since just last month. 70% nearly say we're on the wrong track. We're at Belmont. We should be at Aqueduct. Belmont's closed right now. 
I'm not happy with how things are at Hazel Park. We should be at Northville watching Brad Kramer and his town routine. I'm not happy with how things are going, said Margaret Campanelli, a, ref- a retiree in Norwich, Connecticut, Norwich, who said she tends to vote Republican. I'm especially not happy with Iraq, not happy with how things work with Katrina. Republican Party leaders said the survey explains why GOP lawmakers are rushing to distance themselves from Bush on a range of issues. Port security, that goodbye Dubai deal, immigration, spending, warrantless eavesdropping, and trade. For example, all of these, all of these things. things. The positioning is most intense among Republicans facing election this November. What a surprise. And those considering presidential campaigns in 2008. Even the obnoxious ultra-right-wing fanatic maniac Senator Sam Brownback of Kansas, a potential presidential candidate, God forbid, says, you're in the position of this cycle now that is difficult anyway. And second off to your, uh, your term elections, there's, uh, there gets to be this familiarity factor. Yeah, familiar. we're familiar with it. And we're familiar with you too, Sam. Go away. You fascist. The poll suggests that most Americans wonder whether Bush is up to the job. The survey conducted Monday through Wednesday of this week of 1,000 people found that just 37% approve of his overall performance. That's the lowest of his presidency in this particular poll. I think the lowest number we've seen altogether in the last week was like 34. Am I correct? Yes. Right. Bush's job approval rating uh, among Republicans plummeted from 82% in February to 74%, a dangerous sign in a midterm election year when parties rely on enthusiasm from their most loyal voters. The biggest losses were among white males. Well, good, it's about time they started catching on. By a 47 to 36 margin, people favored Democrats over Republicans when asked who who should control Congress. There you go, those wonderful spineless Democrats. They're really doing it, baby, not... Speaking of doing it, let's get with that uh, that uh, abandoned pet rescue campaign, will you? Because if we can raise some serious cash for them, then I'll tell you that story that you were telling me. About. This is Neil Rogers. This wasn't that something to do with that movie, The Shining? Yeah. That shows real girls flashing their goods during spring break week in Florida. But what about the hotties who spend the whole year in Florida? Now, they've got their own video. It's Golden Girls Gone Wild. Who's in it? Why, it's all your favorite Golden Girls. Dorothy, Rose, Blanche, and the always seductive Sophia. I shut up to think what was under that dress. Well, you won't have to think, because Golden Girls Gone Wild is two full hours of these ravenous retirees showing loads of wrinkly skin. I am the most attractive and available woman in all of Miami. Golden Girls Gone Wild. These hotties would hot flashes are going topless every chance they get, uh, except when their arthritis flares up. No, I'll never be able to open my blouse again. It doesn't get any sexier than this, but don't take our word for it. Listen to what the Golden Girls are saying about each other. She looks like Abe Vigoda. It's Golden Girls Gone Wild. Watch it just one time and you'll agree. A dark day in the history of mankind. Golden Girls Gone Wild. Hold on. 1046 at 560 WQM. I got a great column again by Doug Thompson, Capitol Hill Blue. We're going for our sources in a minute. All right. The first, the chief of an Indian tribe represented by the lobbyist Jack Abramoff was admitted to a meeting with President Bush in 2001, just days after the tribe paid a prominent conservative lobbying group $25,000 at Mr. Abramoff's direction, according to documents and interviews. The payment was made to Americans for Tax Reform, a group run by Grover Norquist, one of the Republican Party's most influential policy strategists. Mr. Norquist was a friend and longtime associate of Mr. Abramoff. Mr. Norquist attended the meeting along with Mr. Abramoff and the tribal leader, Raul Garza of the Kickapoo Traditional Tribe of Texas. They got great joy juice. Oh, yeah. It is not clear what role, if any, Mr. Norquist played in getting Chief Garza into the meeting, and there's no suggestion that the White House was aware of the $25,000 payment ride. But... The transaction adds new details to what is known about Mr. Abramoff and how he used his links to well-connected conservatives to establish himself among his lobbying clients as having access to the highest levels of power in Washington. Mr. Abramoff has pleaded guilty, and we know that. This is just the teeny, tiniest little tip of the iceberg, man. 
It's going to be like the like the polar ice caps melting and just flooding the entire globe before that actually happens in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's never going to happen. Right. Doug Thompson says we don't burn our sources. One of the questions frequently raised by critics of this website is how can you guys have sources the mainstream media doesn't have? Good question. We often quote confidential sources on our stories. We have a choice of depending on such sources or not publishing the story. If I'm satisfied the sources are accurate, I go with the story. It's a question of trust. And during my 23 years in Washington as both a journalist and a political operative, I've built up a network of sources I trust and who trust me to protect their identity and not put them in harm's way. More than 40 years in journalism taught me to protect such sources at all costs. Many of those same sources don't trust the so-called mainstream media outlets because they've been burned by journalists who put the story ahead of protecting those who provide them with the information. Even worse, the mainstreamers can be downright sloppy when it comes to protecting those who have such information. On Monday, I outlined how the Bush administration has launched an all-out war on the press, directing Attorney General Alberto V.O. 5 Gonzalez to go after reporters with subpoenas, wiretaps, monitoring emails, and surveillance to try to stop leaks about the many questionable activities of the White House. I learned about the efforts because the FBI made the incredibly stupid mistake of sending one of their national security letters to a company I own, demanding information on one of its clients, me. Then I confirmed the story with my administration sources and ran with it on Monday, knowing that even acknowledging receipt of a national security letter could lead to trouble. The letter was withdrawn after my attorney negotiated a deal. On Tuesday, an email arrived from Dan Egan, Justice Department correspondent for the Washington Post. Dan wanted a copy of the letter and more information on the story. That's right. I read a story about how the Bush administration is monitoring the email of journalists, and a journalist fires off an email asking me to violate the USA Patriot Act and risk certain jail time by providing him with a copy of a letter I'm not even supposed to admit I have. In fact, I don't have it. I never did. The FBI sent the letter to my web hosting company offices, which are 300 miles away from my home and studio. In my instructions, it went from employee who received it straight to my attorney, and he dealt directly with the feds. I never saw the letter, do not know what happened to it, and am not privy to details of what it said. I don't want to know. That's why I'm still sitting here, not on my way to Gitmo. Then I checked my voicemail to find a call from Robert O. Harrow, Jr., another Post reporter, wanting information on my sources. Wow, I read a story about how the Bush administration is monitoring phone calls of reporters, and a reporter calls me on the phone to get information on my confidential sources. Anybody see a pattern here? Next, I get both a phone call and an email from David Armstrong of the National Security News Service saying he's working with 60 Minutes on a story about domestic spying by the NSA. He wants info on my sources. Let's see. A reporter uses both the telephone and email to request the names of confidential sources on a story about how the NSA monitors telephone and email use of, you guessed it, reporters. Sorry, guys. I'm not about to burn my sources when you take so little precaution in seeking information from me. Besides, that wouldn't help 60 Minutes if they were the only news outlet left on the face of the planet. In 1981, I served on a panel discussion with Fred Graham, then legal correspondent for CBS News. During a break, I told him about a paper I once worked for, the Alton Telegraph in Illinois, which had lost a landmark libel suit for something they never published. I thought it might make a good story about injustice. Instead, Graham turned the story over to Morley Safer in 60 Minutes, and they put together a hatchet job on the newspaper and told the story from a trial lawyer's point of view. Instead of defending freedom of the press, Safer and his crew sensationalized the story for ratings. Some years later, we learn again just how 60 Minutes and CBS News hangs people out to dry. Jeffrey Wigand, the fired corporate vice president for Brown & Williamson Tobacco Company, blew the whistle on the company's campaign to hide the two dangers of nicotine, but 60 Minutes and Mike Wallace caved into corporate pressure and shelved the story after revealing Wigand's identity. His reputation was ruined by the network's incompetence. Given such track records, why should anyone, any source, trust the mainstreamers? The Washington Post sends an unsecure email openly asking me to violate federal law by turning over a classified document, and I'm supposed to believe they'll protect sources that I've cultivated and protected for more than two decades? 
When Mark Felt, the number two man in the FBI, served as post reporter, Bob Woodward's primary source on Watergate, he insisted that Woodward avoid contact by telephone and devised a scheme of planted messages in a newspaper left at Woodward's door and meetings in an underground garage in Arlington. Felt knew using the phone or other standard communications means of the time would lead the security of Seth Nixon White House right to his door. Felt's identity remained a secret for 31 years. My sources know better than to use phone lines and email to contact me. We've worked out elaborate, always changing methods for sharing information. I'm not about to risk their confidentiality with reporters who are less careful. I've been hauled in front of grand juries by overzealous prosecutors who wanted names of sources. They didn't get them. As a journalist, I was trained to develop my own network of sources, not call other reporters and ask them to give up theirs. Maybe I'm too old-fashioned for today's pop culture journalism. Maybe it's out of style for reporters to do their own legwork and research instead of depending on Google and others to do it for them. Maybe I'm just too old to change and too damn suspicious to get trapped by youngsters. My mama drowned the dumb ones. <laughs> oh, I love that. My mama drowned the uh, the dumb ones. Beauty. Is he great or what? He, See, he didn't like that website once upon a time. What do you keep saying that? I don't know. Just for, help, just for aggravation's sake. Here's our poll so far. A TV show past or present that you love but would never admit to it. 555 votes. Boy, that look at, doesn't that look cute, that number? 555. Uh -huh. That's almost... Hee-haw, 76. I hate this poll, 71. I told you, go right to the top. We hate it. Ah! A Batman, 47. Andy Griffith, show, 40. Flipper, 35. Flip your magic twanger, Sandy. But Brady Bunch, 34. The Real World, 29. Any Soap Opera, 29. Gomer Piles, 29. The Partridge Family, 24. Oh, I wonder if the guy with the eyes voted yet. Desperate Housewives, 22. Joe Millionaire, 16. Queer as Folk, 15, like David Cassidy. Party of Five, 10, like Scott Wolf. Dr. Phil, 10. Oh, God, do we hate him. Twin Peaks, 9. The O'Reilly Factor, 9. I sure wouldn't admit that, and I don't watch it. Or And, man, you know, one thing that nobody wants to comment about, and even little Tommy Jicka hasn't written, is the fact that he's still got oh. shares in the Dayton Broward on his radio show, O'Reilly. He is the no factor. Ellen, 8. Dark Shadow, 7. Oprah, 7. Are you hot, 6? No wonder it went off. After we found out who was the second. The Apprentice 6, Golden Girls 4, Road Rules 4, Making the Band 4. That was like O-Town and No-Town and Motown. Remember O-Town? Yeah, oh, I'm trying to forget. How many minutes were they around? The uh, Rita Crosby Show 4 and Tom Tumlin and the Waltons haven't got any yet. So you guys have called them in. You better, you better hop on it. 5670560. 36 minutes away, but who's counting? We're counting. 36 minutes away from that hurricane pregame show with the Beast. Oh. All right. WQAM, hello. Put my favorite show on the poll? Yes, sir. Your favorite uh, show? That's uh, Go ahead. Bonanza. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to admit that? I don't know. It's kind of gay. Oh, yeah, it was kind of gay with that hop sing. <laughs> Put it on there, Bonanza. Sure. That's the best these guys can do, okay? Uh, it was kind of uh, gay. Yeah. I think Lauren Green was uh, doing something with Alpo. Can you picture that? Rick uh, Alpo I'm and Lauren Green? Ooh. Mm. Talk about going to the dogs. WQAM, hello. Yeah, hi, I got one for you. How about my favorite Martian, but I won't admit to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of uh, gay. Yeah, if you ask yeah. me. Those two guys living together. That's right. Well, it was his uncle. Well, they always say that. You know, right. It was his kissing cousin or his uncle. Well, They're both dead now. Antenna kept coming out of his head. They're both dead. Ray Walston was uh, Uncle whatever his name was, Uncle Martian, Martin. Uh -huh. And uh, who's the other guy? Bill Bixby. Right. Who was also the Incredible Hulk. That is correct. Well, what a shame. You know, the, the good people, they die. That, that's why I'm going to live to 100, because I'm a miserable old bastard. But yeah, hard the good people are very bastard. young. I guess we don't have to worry about that at QAM. <laughs> oh. Now, we got some nice people there. I can't think of any at the moment. we got some real fine people. we got Joe Bell. He's a heck right. of a great, grand-handed, grandstanded guy. 
And, of course, then there's always Jim Sarney at the Sun Sentinel who uh, can't write any article without mentioning that 760 uh, ESPN radio in Palm Beach that nobody listens to. Jim, I'm awfully sorry. And Evan Cohen. Oh, and by the way, his brother Marty Cohen is going to be on, I think, doing two to four. Let me look at that schedule next week and see if we got that uh, straightened out there or what. <laughs> yeah. Bo and Bo and Geldy and, uh, oh, boy. Talk about dragging your feet, Joe. That two to four Mo slot. I say bring Mo back. Oh! He was good for a couple of yucks in a point one share or whatever it was from 1.0. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't see nothing funny about what's going on between 2 and 4 right now. I think it's... Uh, at any rate, just keep your opinions to yourself, smartass. Okay. When you're shopping for shoes, what name immediately pops right into your brain? Brandy's, of course, because I've been sticking that in your brain for years now. And rightfully so, because Brandy's is unbeatable. You'll love shopping there because they treat you great. They've got a good deal going all the way around. Fantastic selection. Top brand names going and the best prices anywhere. They got Rockport, Florsheim, Echo, SAS, Mephisto, New Balance, all the names you don't want to love. When you go to Brandy's, be sure and ask for Arnie. Tell him Neil sent you in there. He'll make sure you get the perfect fit at an unbeatable price every time. The pros at Brandy's even specialize in wide widths as well if you got those big fat feet. Or if you're just an old codger like me, because your feet get wider and wider. Like, uh, and then they start getting webbed when you get to be real old. Brandy's is worth the trip to just about anywhere in town for comfort, style, fit, value, and selection. Always think Brandy shoes, and you'll find Brandy's in that same fabulous location. They've been going strong for about 400 years. 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Brandy's open every day, daily till 9, Monday through Saturday, and Sundays till 5. And this week continues to be a great time to buy those fantastic New Balance shoes like the ones I'm wearing because all great men's and women's New Balance this week are 10 to 20 bucks extra off the regular price. So be sure to get into Brandy's and take advantage of fantastic savings right now or do your shoe shopping on their website at brandyshoes.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. <laughs> This is your brain. Any questions? No, no, no. Exactly. I couldn't say it better myself. 1103 at 560 WQM. We're just 27 minutes away from the pregame, the uh, hurricane pregame warm-up show, and then the uh, hurricanes in Duke at noon, the ACC tourney in Greensboro, North Carolina. Wait till you hear this story. Doctor for Cuban World Baseball Classic is the son of somebody very famous. Guess whose son he is? Fidel's? There you go. All right. The doctor for Cuba's World Baseball Classic squad is no ordinary team physician. Before last night's 11-2 victory over the Netherlands, <clears throat> there was Antonio Castro Soto de Valle, 37 signing baseballs in Team Cuba caps for fans at Hiram Bithorn Stadium in San Juan. 
After Cuba's designated hitter slammed a two-run homer in the fourth inning, <clears throat> there was Castro with the rest of the team outside their heavily guarded dugout to congratulate Juan de Garobo. This team physician was a former third baseman at the University of Havana, a decent player according to a big league scout and his coach. He's also the t- son of Team Cuba's most prominent fan, President Fidel Castro. Incredible. How do you like them apples, huh? I bet you a lot of people in the little Havana are going to be doing a green apple quick step when they find out about that. Not many team doctors are seen signing autographs. Castro was told on the field while the team warmed up nearby. He just chuckled. <laughs> I'm the doctor for an Olympic championship team. He said, I guess that makes me famous. The Cubans, winners of the 2004 Olympic gold medal and 2005 World Cup, play Puerto Rico tonight in a highly touted contest between pool C's only undefeated teams. His daddy is Fidel, the team doctor. You trust that guy or what? No, I'm like Hyman Rod. Who knows what he's slipping into their uh, oval team? I don't trust the doctors that don't speak English. New York Times today says Abramoff is spending, uh, his spending has been detailed, $20,000 for a car monitor. When the money was rolling in, Jack Abramoff certainly knew how to spend it. During his heyday as one of Washington's top lobbyists, Abramoff raked in millions of dollars in faded lawmakers and luminaries at his Pennsylvania Avenue restaurant. But one of his most conspicuous indulgences was his fully loaded 2002 BMW, the New York Times reports today. The 745 Li sedan was customized by AI Design of Tuckahoe, New York, as a sort of mobile office for Abramoff, who at one time employed a driver for it so it could indulge in a heavy workload. Invoices offer a look inside the tinted windows, a $450 edition that was the cheapest part of the job. He spent 20 grand for a custom-built 15.2-inch wide screen and manual flip-down video monitor, invoice says. Monitor includes built-in cordless headphone transmitters capable of displaying DVD, game and computer graphics, slash video signals. For 7390 bucks more, he added a hands-free cell phone system with a special antenna amplifier to boost the signal and a docking station for his laptop built on the back of the right front seat. He also paid 6500 bucks for seatback tables. <laughs> All right. He knew how to live it up, baby. And he's never going to live it down. Oh, you just, you just wait till this stuff uh, keeps coming out. Just, you just seen a little teeny tiny trickle. Speaking of trickling, maybe from drinking too much of that Jesus juice, Michael Jackson fined over Neverland labor miscues. Sword it Cal- on the news. California officials have fined Michael Jackson nearly 170 grand, ordered employees at the pop star's Neverland Ranch to stop working <clears throat> after finding that employees hadn't been paid since December and the ranch's workers' compensation coverage had been allowed to lapse. Kind of sounds like the way the Beasleys do business. On Thursday of uh, yesterday, the California Department of Industrial Relations slapped a stop order on Neverland, which prohibits employees from going back to work until workers' comp is restored. It also fined Jackson 69000 for the lapse. On Tuesday, the same agency sent a letter demanding that Jackson pay employees at least 306000 in back wages by next week, as well as a fine of more than $100,000 for failing to pay wages. Oh, we're fine. If the back wages and penalties aren't paid by March 14, the department will pursue appropriate legal action. Jackson, of course, hasn't been living in Neverland in recent months. Shortly after he was acquitted on child molestation charges, he relocated to Bahrain, a small nation in the Persian Gulf, and is uh, schlepping around in his burqa, looking fashionably gay. And also using the ladies' room. Did we ever have that story on? I don't think so. There was a story about how he was using the ladies' room. Right. I heard it. I don't know With if his burqa on. Yeah. If you got a burqa on, I guess you don't go into men's room. You'll get shot at or something. Jeff says, courtship of Eddie's father, but don't tell anybody I liked it. All right. Not a courtship we'll of Eddie's father. Wasn't that also Bill Bixby? Yes, it was. I'm sure you planted the seed. I see. Seed. Brian in Pompano Beach says, uh, American Idol. Oh, we spelled it wrong? Oh, that's Josh for you. Let's see how he spelled Martian. <laughs> oh, no. Woo. American Idol, you got it? We got it. I think uh, he can add. Now, it's not spelled I-D-L-E. Look how Josh Cordes spelled Martian. M-A-R-S-H-I-N. 
Isn't that what you do when you go out and hunt in the marsh? That's I right. Marsh going Martian. You know, yeah, you I'm going Martian. Stomping around. Right <laughs> <laughs> going oh, no. Swamp stomping and Martian. I'm sure Eric will correct that to uh, you know, cover up the embarrassment factor. Speaking of Josh, he's going to be with the Mad Dog today, 4 to 7, at Conine's Grill. 5181 Sheridan Street in Hollywood. 4 to 7, Josh will have our merchandise there, and his, he's got to raise 200 bucks for us today. Right? That's right. All you, you Martians, come out. Right. All you Martians, that's right. In fact, maybe some of the Martians that were stuck in Moe's pants, maybe they'll show up, and they'll donate some cash. And then George tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m., with the Dolphin Stadium for the Marooni Auto Tent Sale, 3 to 5 tomorrow afternoon, with our CDs, commemorative T-shirts, 20 bucks a piece. Come on, cut loose with some cash. We got almost 15 grand, but boy, this thing has slowed down to a crawl, to like a teeny tiny crawl. It's 11:09 at QM. We only got 21 minutes. We got to talk real fast. Beach Ford has gone mad, just in case you missed it. It's madness in March all this month at Beach Ford. They just missed having a record month last month, so they plan to break that record this month. Right now, extended cab Ford 150s are as low as $249 a month. See, I said dollars that time. With $995 down, plus fees with approved credit and 39-month lease. See, if you save bucks, you can get in big trouble. Madness in March at Beach Ford means you must be mad if you don't take advantage of rebates and discounts of up to $10,000 on all new and used vehicles. If you're not in the market for a new car, but you know somebody who is, be sure and send their ass into Beach Ford because if they take delivery this month during March, Beach Ford will hand you over 200 bucks in cash. That money comes from Beach Ford's advertising budget, so it won't jack up your friend's price by a couple hundred bucks at all. Don't miss out on this once-a-year event. It's Beach Ford Madness in March going on right now. Extended cab Ford F-150s as low as $249 a month. Discates and counts and rebates up to ten grand and $200 just for referring a friend. What's not to like? Hurry on in, Beach Ford, and you'll find two miles east of the Golden Glades on 163rd Street at West Dixie Highway. Guarantee you, I'll bet you Maddie Bell's life on it. You will love your Beach Ford experience. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Oh, yes, who may hate us, but Bullsworth has his way. Oh, goodbye, we will make you die. We've been in bed for such a long time. With the Bush Drive family hoes, I ask you what would be safer than an unchecked
Look at 16 Better Talk Fast. We only got 14 minutes. That's right. TV show, past or present, you love but would never admit to it. 622 vote. I hate this pool, 94. What did I tell you? Pulling away. We hate it. And we hate you, too. All of you. Uh, Hee Haw, 82. Batman, 48. Andy Griffith Show, 42. Fleeper, 37. Fleeper. Flip it again, Sandy. Come on. Brady Bunch, 36. Any Soap Opera, 33. The Real World, 31. Gomer's Piles, 31. The Partridge Family, 25, with Danny uh, Bonaduce. Desperate Housewives, 22. Queerest Folk, 16. Joe Millionaire, 16. Golden Girls, 14. Party of Five, 12. Dr. Phil, 12. Twin Peaks, 10. The O'Reilly Factor, 9. Ellen, 9. Dark Shadow, 7. The Apprentice, 7. Oprah, 7. Are You Hot, 6. Rita Crosby Show, 5. Road Rules, 4. Making the Band, 4. My Favorite Martian, spelled right. Thank you, Eric, for bailing out the goofball. My favorite Martian one, Bonanza one, Time Tunnel one, and the Walton so far has got the big oh because of John Boy Zit. Whatever that big mole. Do you think now who had the biggest mole, Peggy Lee, Enrique, or John Boy? Oh, Enrique good, before he had it. Uh, about the biggest mole, right? Is that what Greg Reed was always running around? Who's the mole? Who's the mole? And then come to find out, it was him. He was the one feeding Barry Jackass all the information all the time. The inside poop. He had molanoma. Yeah. The U.S. military will close uh, Abu Ghraib prison probably within three months and transfer some 4,500 schleppers to other jails in Iraq, a military spokesman said yesterday. The prison in western Baghdad was a torture center around Saddam Hussein before photographs of American soldiers abusing Iraqis there in 2003 gave it a new notoriety and made it a touchstone for the Arab street. We will transfer operations from Abu Ghraib to the new camp, Cropper. <laughs> Is that spelled with an O or an A? Careful. Camp Crapper. Once construction is completed there, Lieutenant Colonel Keir Kevin Curry told Reuters. Kid Curry. Well, he's got to do something nowadays. He sure ain't over there at Power 96. Had a big flush there at the QA, man. Beasley's had a big flush. Oh, and speaking of flush, a Georgia man has filed a lawsuit against Walmart in Federal District Court in Atlanta in a fight over his T-shirts that compare the retailer's business practices uh, to the Holocaust. Charles Smith has been marketing shirts that read, I heart Wallacost T-shirts. Okay. Isn't that cute? I love Wallacost. Walmart filed a cease and desist order in an attempt to make him stop printing the shirts. The company said Smith is engaging in trademark infringement. It has threatened to sue Smith if he continues to display the logos on his website and to print them out as products. Well, I didn't realize that they uh, had a Wallacost uh, spinoff. Hmm. The 48-year-old Smith is a computer repairman said he has no deep connection to the company, but he claims using the logos is a free speech issue. I remember when we used to have that in America. Do you? Smith said I he don't. came up with this a long time ago. Came up with his anti-Walmart logo after conversations with a customer and employee who both had bad experiences with Walmart. He designed his first logo in July. One shirt with Wallacost printed above an eagle and a smiley face sold on November 16th and added Smith $5.10. It's about like how we're doing. He said if the court sides with him, he'd use any profits to pay his legal fees and for continued production of the products. Walmart spokeswoman Sarah Clark said Smith is infringing on the company's trademark, also making an offensive association between Walmart and one of the greatest tragedies of the past century. You go, baby, whatever his name is. What's his name? Charlie. You go, Chuck. Now, I found a product, and I wouldn't say I found a product, but I found a story about it, and you seem to mm -hmm. be aware of it, which shocks me. And Shirataki. Yeah, well, I have this Japanese connection, you know. Well, that's right. Your daughter probably brought home pounds of shirataki. I wish from she uh, had, but she didn't. From Nagasaki, she no. brought home shirataki. She brought home a lot of debt. Oh. When Marco Mira and his wife quit smoking last year, he experienced an all-too-common problem. He gained weight, 35 pounds to be exact. And so Omira, a 46-year-old computer programmer, and his wife Char, 
vowed to get back in shape by following the Weight Watchers plan. But there was a wrinkle. The O'Meara's, who live in a small village called Lake in the Hills, Illinois, adored pasta and sat down to big bowls of spaghetti two or three nights a week. But the high-carb, calorie-dense food was off-limits to the O'Meara's if they wanted to shed pounds. Oh, what a shame. Now, here's the exciting news for me, a pasta lover who can't eat any. It's my favorite food in the world, man. Can't eat it. So when Mark O'Meara discovered a milky white gelatinous Japanese noodle with only 20 calories a serving called shirataki, he was thrilled. Got a great line I could use in this story, but I guess I better not get joist. Right. O'Meara was, it has to do with that last paragraph. O'Meara was browsing through a Your Diet magazine when he read that shirataki made from a yam-like Japanese root called kaniyaku is something of a miracle food. It's a miracle. Oh, my God. How do you like that? Shirataki has no fat and few carbs. It's got like, uh, I looked on the, uh, one of the brands on the uh, internets, and it had uh, like three grams of carbs. In fact, it's got zero uh, usable carbs, or what are net carbs, and a mere 20 calories a serving compared with an average of 200 for fettuccine or ziti. To the Omiras, the pale chewy noodle was a dieter's holy grail. See, now you can get some of that low-carb pasta sauce. And smear right. a bunch of this stuff and, like, put in your meatballs and your sausages and a little bit of wine. We both just got a big grin on our faces with the first mouthful, Marco Mira recalls. That's of this stuff. Now they count themselves among a growing group of shirataki-obsessed dieters. I think we got something here. I think we're onto it. Shirataki, long a staple in Japan, is becoming, you don't see too many fat Japanese except those sumo guys. That's right. They have to uh, a go to efforts for that. Bonafide diet food craze in the U.S. The noodles are sold in large supermarket chains like Whole Food Markets, as well as in small specialized health food stores across the country. Recently, Publix has inquired about carrying it. Oh, please, for all you uh, fat folks, I'll have no trouble finding it here because there's a Japanese and uh, Chinese, there's an Asian supermarket on uh, every like other street corner. According to manufacturers, rising shirataki sales are linked to dieters incorporating the locale noodles into their weight loss plans. The leading U.S. manufacturer, House Foods American Corp. in Garden Grove, California, which holds, has sold shirataki since September 2002, says sales are on track to more than triple from last year. The House Foods brand has also been a top seller on Amazon.com's gourmet food selection, where it's listed as fettuccine-shaped tofu because the brand incorporates a blend of tofu and kaniyaku. How do you like that? In fact, they're having a hard time uh, keeping yet. up with it. That's sensational. So if you want to lose some weight, shirataki is the way to I guess. I'm going to get some. All right. Let me know I'm how to smear it with some sauce, meatballs, sausages, a little bit of Chianti. 23 past 11 at QAM. We're only moments away from that big ball game. With lightning quick speeds, the latest features in security, Comcast high-speed internet leaves DSL in the dust. And today you can get on board for only $9.95 a month for two months. With an always-on connection speed of 6 megabytes, Comcast high-speed internet is up to four times faster than DSL 1.5, up to 100 times faster than dial-up. Whether you're downloading music, watching streaming video, playing online games, or just surfing your favorite sites, Comcast reliable, fast connection means you'll be flying through the Internet with the greatest of ease. Plus, when you sign up for Comcast high-speed Internet, you get instant access to free features like the fan, video mail, Comcast Rhapsody Radio Plus, and up to seven personal email accounts, just to name a few. Not only that, but you can also get McAfee security tools included so you can be assured your Internet experience is always safe and secure. So what you be waiting for? Start doing more faster than ever before. Sign up for Comcast high-speed Internet today for just nine ninety. Five a month for two months. You wonder how you ever manage without it. In Dade, call 305 Comcast. In Broward, 954 Comcast. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. That's it. That's all they wrote. Kings will get their ass kicked by Duke today, but thanks very, very much to them for winning yesterday so we can get the hell out of here. I'm going to go out and buy 100 pounds of shirataki right now. All right. I'm going to smear it. Let me know how it goes. Huh? Let me know how it tastes. It's tasteless like this show. Yeah, well, that's what they say. Bye.
Bye, bye, bye.